Hey there, demons. It's us, you girls. Welcome to the 27th Office Goblin Podcast. I'm S. And I'm D. And we are goblins. Two goblins that have many thoughts, interests, and opinions about stuff and things. And today, we're going to talk about the ways in which nature is trying to kill D. <laughs> the not, not so <laughs> subtle... <laughs> It's not just trying to kill me, okay? It's trying to kill all of us, at least in the Americas. Thank you. Yeah, but some of us a little bit faster than others. It's weeding out the weak. Did you get that nature joke there? (laughs) That was good, right? (laughs) You fucking dab at me almost every episode at least once, and I should be more prepared, and I'm not. You know, at least I'm consistent. You are consistent. You have that going. <laughs> yes, yes. But back to the topic at hand, why don't you uh, tell the listeners how your morning has started off with and how we're feeling in the sinus area? So uh, allergies are awful. I think I've mentioned that before for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the process of moving. And so I don't have a bed right now. So I've been sleeping on the couch. Mm-hmm. And my couch is located right next to the window because yeah. natural sunlight. And it's, I live in technically government housing. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Which means when the windows are shut and locked, it should be sealed. It's not. Mm -hmm. So I just get allergies blasted onto me all night, constantly. And then I wake up (laughs) like this, just fighting for dear life. (laughs) I really am. Um, so that's where I'm at today. And so if I'm coughing, I apologize, audience, listeners, beautiful auditory viewers. Do you find that as you get older, sometimes you develop surprise allergies or become more sensitive to things in the environment? Probably. I mean, I've lived in a lot of different places. And at one point, I wasn't really able to leave my house because I was so sick all the time. <gasps> no. And I went to a doctor and they said, everything's fine. And I'm like, well, everything is clearly not fine. So I went to yeah. an immunologist and got that thing where it's like they poke you a bunch of times on your back to see what okay. reacts. Uh-huh. Everything basically reacted. Oh. So <laughs> I... I'm basically allergic to the outdoors, and it sucks because I like being outdoors. You're you're going to live life as a bubble woman. No, I'm just going to die slowly every day. Yeah, that too. But at least, you know, you'll enjoy your surroundings as, as you do slowly mar- <laughs> march toward the light. <laughs> right? But yeah, I, I found out there's a little film of mold that grows under the top layer of dirt outside and so in really windy areas which Uh is what i live in um when the dirt gets kicked up that mold gets kicked up into the air and that's the one that hurts me the most yeah mold is not fun in many different forms or ever and there's (laughs) okay can i tell you about something that i learned absolutely first year of grad school so this isn't technically mold it's a type of fungus Mm -hmm. right but it's a zombie fungus so it drips down on life yeah and from the inside out slowly kills the host yeah it's like the parasite of parasites Mm -hmm. and literally creates zombies isn't that scary it's so cool though (laughs) it's so cool but so scary at the same time 
this is Resident Evil in motion. But doesn't it only affect, like, bugs right now? I mean, probably, or any tree limbs and, you know, other forms and sources of vegetation. But if you were, let's say, because I think it can also impact animals Mm. that are nearby or, you know, that happen to be in the way of this fungus doing its fungus gross thing. (laughs) So I assume the same would apply to people if you get enough of it on you or if you're sensitive enough. Well, I do know that there are bacterium that live inside lakes and ponds or like stagnant lakes and ponds yeah. mm-hmm. that they're literally brain eating bacteria yes like it can get into your body through the pores of your skin and mm-hmm. it can get into your brain and eat it alive which is terrifying and i am a country kid and when i heard about that when i was in high school i went well i'm never going swimming again oh gosh but think about it Still here, still kicking. What mold and brain-eating algae doesn't kill you makes you stronger. See, all of this, all of these, I feel like, severe allergy reactions I have now started when I was in, you know, college or grad school, especially grad school. And I'm blaming grad school because I was inside 24-7 in Mm -hmm. either the basement offices or in the library I yep. didn't see the sun. I got a vitamin D deficiency within a year. Okay, like <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's real talk. That's myself and my cohort. All of us were taking those vitamin D supplements. Yes. I don't think like, I've I don't think I fully recovered still. No. No. Oh my goodness. Remember how I told you my skin used to be just a tinge darker? Yeah. After grad school, it's never been the same. <laughs> And I would, like you, I would spend my time in the dungeon that we call it, the clinic uh-huh. area. So it was called the dungeon, affectionately, the library. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And I would emerge after sitting there for several <laughs> hours, right? Like staring at a computer screen or a book and uh-huh. just fully tears. Oh. Like the sun did, I did not have to be looking in any particular direction. It could have been shady and overcast, mm-hmm. crying full tears because my eyes were just so sensitive to any wind and anything after that yeah i little little advice here to anyone who's thinking about doing grad school (laughs) unless you have a plan like Mm -hmm. you have a job lined up or you have a school lined up you know it is a hundred percent planned out don't fucking do it don't go to grad school it's a trap (laughs) It's a lie. It's a scam. Don't do it. And if you have to do it, just do it online because then you can do it at home and you can sit outside and do it. Like, don't. Yeah. And and if you are going to take the plunge and you have to go somewhere else Mm -hmm. for graduate school, self-care. Honestly, take breaks. Don't be like us just steamrolling through whatever it was we needed to do because we're type A overachievers. (laughs) Yeah. So if if that resonates strongly with you, consider some things before you begin. Yeah. If you are someone who says no chill, like it's a badge of honor. (laughs) Guilty. (laughs) Take a break, my guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Rest those peepers. Like, you know how those blue light glasses, especially following work at home and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's legit or does... Does it stop some of the blue light? Because I, I want to think it's not just like snake oiling your eyes. 
Oh, yeah, no, I would say it's legit because even when I'm outside mm-hmm. and I look like if I take my glasses up and put them back down, it's yeah. I can tell there's a difference in what I'm looking at. Like, granted, <laughs> I'm wearing glasses. I get that. Like, take don't be a jackass, people. Right. I can tell <laughs> the colors coming through and at me, you know, through my peepers. There's yeah. a difference. There's definitely a difference. Speaking of eyes. Okay. So am I crazy? <laughs> Which I might be, but... The answer is yes. <laughs> whenever, okay, whenever either you were a kid or even to this day, has there ever yeah. been a moment that you realized that looking out one eye, colors are warmer than if you're looking out the other? I can't say that I've... And and I mean, this is coming from someone who did art and, you know, had to see the shift in color nuances in order to get true values. Uh-huh. I don't know if I can ever pay it if I ever paid attention to that. Okay. And I am nearsighted, so arguably everything looks fuzzy. Right. E- even if it's not severe nearsightedness. Mm-hmm. But let me test a few things and I'll get back to you. I'll report back. Okay, because I remember as a kid, if I was outside, uh-huh. um, I would, you know, because it's super bright. So you tend to have like one eye closed or whatever, just... yeah naturally your body just says hey it's really bright out so let's keep one eye dark but i remember you know covering one eye and then opening it and covering the other one one would have warmer colors tones coming through and the other would have cooler tones coming through and i don't know if it's just like the body's natural response to bright light and trying to even it or if that's Mm -hmm. if i have an eye disease i don't know what are those things in your eyes? I think they're called cones and rods. Yeah. Is that the part that controls when our pupil dilates and how we see colors and tonalities? I think so. I, I'm not an optometrist. I'm not Me a either. scientist. <laughs> if, if any of you listeners are, please kindly enlighten your, your dear goblin moms because we want to know. We're genuinely curious. We need you to clear things up for us. Oh! <laughs> do the thing. Do the thing. Yes. It's a great day. <laughs> Listeners. It's a great day because you got me to dab. Yes. I am satisfied. <laughs> this is very pleasing. Um, <laughs> and that was our small celebration. Thanks so much. Um, You're welcome. One thing I do want to ask you, back to the original topic, do you think that allergies... And sensitivities can mutate over time. So I'm not an immunologist. This is me being a total dumbass on the subject. Uh, but same. is that possible? I'd have to Google it. I, I mean, I know that they change. Because like we talked about the other episode where every seven years your body, your entire body cell life changes. Yeah. So that would make sense for things to maybe not mutate, but just evolve maybe Mm. Mm because evolving doesn't always mean good oh yeah of course um i feel like i need to make that distinction for listeners it's a good disclaimer yeah (laughs) yeah but so you could evolve your body cells could then evolve and change into reacting harsher to some things or Mm -hmm. less harsh to some things yeah um i'm pretty sure my cat allergy has gotten worse over time (laughs) Oh, no. Because, again, when I was at the immunologists, they said, okay, this is the, um, not placebo, but, like, the comparison bit. 
So everyone reacts to this, and it's probably going to be your worst reaction, like, because you can feel that on your back, which area is more itchy. Yeah. Yeah, the cat surpassed it. Is that also anything to do with, like, contact dermatitis, that when certain chemicals or things touch your skin, that you can get reactions like rashes and hives from that? I would say yes, because Uh what your cats are, cats are special because you're not nine times out of 10, you're not allergic to the fur. You're allergic Uh to their saliva because their saliva has that special chemical in the, in it to keep the cat Mm -hmm. clean. Oh, so when a cat cleans itself, its saliva gets everywhere and that's what gets on you. And that's what causes the reaction. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I may have mentioned this before. I developed a late onset dog allergy. Mm. I think this was just around my um, late teens, early 20s. And some dogs totally fine. Mm -hmm. And not just the hypoallergenic ones, but there are other dogs where I don't know if it's like how clean the owner keeps the dog as well. Yeah. Or if the dog has dander and then certainly the saliva that it, it just gets bad. There's swelling, there's rashes. Mm-hmm. But See, it won't stop me from hugging dogs. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's why anytime there's a cat, I want to pet it. And I allow myself, I allow myself to scratch behind the ears, give it some scratches if it lets me. Because yeah. then I have to immediately wash my hands. Okay, okay. I can't, I can't touch any other part of me. Like, it's my hands and then I wash. And that's, that's the only way I can stay alive w- yeah. around a cat. Um, Stab but- yourself with the EpiPen and be like, it was worth it. <laughs> it's not EpiPen, I think, worthy, but it, it might be eventually someday if it keeps getting worse. But so yeah, I think yeah. it could be like contact dermatitis if a cat licks you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Versus inhaling the dander and hair that's kind of just, like, in the air always. Yeah. Gotta get that HEPA-grade filter, you know? I have I have two. I have two um, air purifiers in my house, one upstairs, one downstairs. And yeah. I change out the HVAC filter almost, like, every few months. What? What's going on inside your house, dude? Your house is trying to kill you. See, the outside, the inside, it's not a good environment. Again, though, I live in a really windy area. Ah. Mm -hmm. So I have to be constantly changing out filters literally every three months because they get clogged with the wind. The wind just brings up all the dust and shit from Mm -hmm. everywhere. And that's, I mean, that's what your house uses to ventilate. It uses the outside air. It's same with your car. Yeah, you know what? I didn't consider the weather as being a factor in making things worse. Like, I know sometimes after rains Mm -hmm. and things like that, it could kick up certain things. But yeah, never quite in very windy areas. Yeah, I, I prefer it when it rains. To wash off all the gunk. To wash off all the gunk, but also to, um... It makes things heavy, and so it settles into the ground better. I see. Because uh-huh. since my biggest allergy is that mold that lives on dust, when it rains, the dust yeah. doesn't exist. Like, it's all tamped down, so it makes mm-hmm. it easier for me to breathe and be outside. Yeah. You you know what you gotta do? You gotta walk around like Bane from Batman. 
Listen, when we all had to wear masks for two years, like when it was normal, I felt so good going out in the summertime because (laughs) because I could breathe again at least a little bit better. Like it kept all the dust and and pollen off my mouth and nose. It was so nice. (laughs) Oh, damn. Isn't that nice? I know. I want to go back to wearing masks. (laughs) Hey, you know... Like, it was very much the norm in certain parts of the world prior to this, so. I know. I just want to go live in Japan. That would be very cool. If we have any <laughs> listeners tuning in from Japan or who have been in Japan, tell us about your experiences because Japan seems super cool. Yeah, you want to sponsor me in because I'm pretty sure they're still only allowing work visas into the country. We can go on business. This is a business, <laughs> LLC. Office Goblin Podcast, LLC. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, But also getting back to the nature fact. Yes. We talk about death by trees, death by nature. You have some fancy little tree facts to share with us today. I I have a fancy little tree fact. So we all are aware that there are male and female trees. Mm -hmm. And female trees are the ones that have... The flowers, they bloom, they have fruits, because that's, you know, their reproductive organs, basically, is the pollen. Mm -hmm. And then, well, so male trees have the pollen, because then that pollinates the female trees, then you get more trees. The circle of life. (laughs) But so, when, when city planning started becoming a thing in the Americas, they said, well, there are You know, female trees are messier, so it's going to take more to upkeep, to keep them looking nice, and to clean off the streets and what have you. So they ended up just planting male trees. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that is when you have an overabundance of male trees and an underabundance of female trees, the male trees are producing more and more pollen as time goes on so that they can pollinate the female trees. So the reason our pollen levels are so fucking high is because city planners didn't want to fucking clean up. And so now we're all dying from pollen. From laziness. Because because of, like, patriarchal botany. It's fucking stupid, man. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't want to have flowering trees. They're pretty. They liven up the area. They smell Mm -hmm. good. Well, yeah. Except for those stupid white trees that smell like fish. You know what? They aren't so bad. They're not full fish. No, don't give me that look. I'm giving you this look. This is going to be... We're going to disagree on this one. (laughs) Friendly disagreement. This is dialogue, folks, at its finest. (laughs) But then tell me, why is it that even if we have a fairly even balance of male and female trees, that we don't have more trees in particular areas? How does that um, germination seeding process work then? Is it just for the flowers and the leaves? What is it for? I'm not a botanist. I'm asking because I genuinely am like, I don't know. I'm not sure either. Okay, moving on. (laughs) I was like, wait, why are you asking me this? I don't know. (laughs) I, I, I thought, like, she knows a few things. So let's, let's uh, keep on going here. I know, I know a few I know just enough to make an interesting conversation. <laughs> okay, and then if someone asks you that same question in a public setting, 
you <laughs> give another fun fact and then just bolt out the door. I'm that meme where it's like that kid throws up a peace sign and then just slowly fades out of existence. Ah, a very appropriate meme use. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. But no, I mean, to take away from that, if any of you are planting trees or wanted to plant trees, which you should, you should plant trees. And a um, lot of them. And a lot of them. Honestly, just plant female trees at this point because there is no evening out right now. And maybe if we had a better balance, we wouldn't have such horrific pollen levels. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure the ways in which people are wrecking the environment do not <laughs> help anything. Yeah. So honestly, clean up, don't litter. Small changes go a long way, folks. And that's that's my public service announcement to you. Yes, they do. I think that was a really good thing that happened the first year of of the plague. Um that because, nature finally did its thing. <laughs> yes. It took yeah. a year, not even a full year, for humans to just stop fucking with shit. Yeah. For things to start getting better again and for for rivers to start clearing and for trees to start growing. And like, wow, it's almost as if we were more eco-friendly and aware. By not... By not being outside, that's the only thing. And now it's like, oh, we got to work overtime to fuck it up again. Well, and it's like, it's not so much of not being outside. It's not using our cars. Yeah, yeah. It's not, you know, burning, like burning trash or grilling or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh. See, it's, I eat meat. I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not vegan. And I am friends with, you know, cattle farmers, sheep farmers, family mm-hmm. farms are good and necessary. You know, it's the uh-huh. family farms. They're not, they're doing their best. You know, mm-hmm. almost every single livestock is named. Everyone is cared for. They they love their animals. It's the, what's that word? Industry farming. Yeah. That's an issue. Mm-hmm. Which I have another fun fact actually about that. Please share. I mean, it still kind of goes along with nature because obviously. Yeah. But um, so this is particularly the poultry industry. So chickens. Mm-hmm. Chickens were women's work back in the beginning. Okay. Because, you know, women did the housekeeping around the farm. You know, they did the hens, they did the chickens, the mm-hmm. eggs, all that fun stuff. Because it was, you know, light and dainty and, and could be handled. Yeah. And it ended up doing so well mm-hmm. that like the chickens exploded really because they were being well taken care of they were healthy they produce eggs every day like you could have chickens indefinitely women were really yeah. running the show uh-huh. and then and then their husbands were like oh well i went in on this and so they tried to take over and sucked phenomenally not surprised <laughs> Because women had been doing it for so long, we knew how to do it correctly. And it took right. time and effort to make sure. Because chickens, on average, are not like these tiny little... They're huge. Like, when you're actually taking care of chickens properly, they get huge. Yeah, yeah. Without steroids. And so, you know, when men tried to take over the poultry industry, it, they, they were losing money because they didn't know how to take care for them. And so, Mm -hmm. 
big agribusiness stepped in and said, well, we'll just sell you a farm. And if you like, it'll already be ready and set to go. And so that's how we get chickens in cages and all this other. I know. I know. I don't want to say men ruin everything. They ruin many a thing, if not most things. But why fix what ain't broken? To feel uh, secure and the most fragile of masculinity. Right? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get people who can't support someone who's just doing a good job on their own. I don't know why someone has to feel the need. And I mean someone has to feel the need to see something working and be like, I want that. Yeah, I think it's... It's just this. It boils down to if you're a secure person, you won't feel the need to come in and ruin things. Right. Right. Yeah. Especially when, like you said, syst- there's a system in place. It's working great. Don't fix what ain't broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, or so, yeah. if you want to get uh, fun and fancy with it, Baroque. In- Baroque. With a Q. Baroque. Yes. <laughs> Not Rococo, but Baroque. (laughs) And can we also go forth and say the ways that nature is great? Like, let's say with the bees. Support the bees, y'all. Please be kind to the bees. Don't feel the need to hose them down, the pesticides, all this stuff. We need bees. Like, truly, to sustain life, we require bees. I know many people will talk about wasps, hornets, mud daubers, all those other things. But truly, if you're just letting it do its thing, it's not going to come at you. Wasps are a little different because they're super territorial. Yeah, they are aggressive. And so I I was stung by a wasp when I worked at a um, summer 4-H camp. Uh Uh-huh. Because they built it under the one fucking bridge that led to the pool. And I worked at the pool. Ah. And so they would literally swarm us every day. And it's like, you do nothing for anyone except be angry. Yeah, you had to pay the troll toll, and the troll toll was pain and blood. Oh my god, it hurt so bad. I've never been, I had never been stung before. Uh huh. And it felt like a tiny firecracker went off in my leg. It was the worst feeling. Oh my gosh. I, I got stung by accident. I think a wasp was flying and got tangled in my hair. Oh, and no. Yeah. For those who've never seen my hair, it's not a rat's nest. Let me just put that out there. <laughs> It just, for whatever reason, got caught in there, and I was like, oh, there's something on my head, and that's when it stung me. Mm. And it was fine. It felt like a pinch. I didn't even register it as a potential bite until I later pulled out a stinger uh, or something. See, so if Wait, no, a- it no, it wasn't a bee. Did I pull out a stinger? There was something. There was swelling. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, because if you pull out a stinger, then that's a bee, because that's the difference. Wasps can sting you over and over and over again because yeah. they're little fucking assholes. <laughs> but a bee that's giving its life if it stings you and so yeah but i love they, a bumblebutt though they're so cute oh my god they're so thick and they're so big and they're so dumb and i love them uh, dummy thick you mean no so bumblebees are like legitimately dumb because in they no don't say that they register bright like anything's a flower uh-huh. anything's a flower that's why you get bees running into like wind chimes or windows or your shirt because they think it's a flower but that's so poetic that they just see the beauty in things (laughs) it's it's very cute but they're very dumb and so you have to like handle them very gently yeah yeah but i was just i was gonna say with the bees Uh uh-huh 
honey is vegan. Honey is vegetarian. You're not hurting the bees. Because there's what? The two, <laughs> there's the vegan camp, though, that says, like, because it's from an animal itself or an insect, it's not. Ve- it's no longer vegan. Here's the thing, though. If you don't take the excess honey, they'll leave. They will fill up a hive... Mm-hmm. And either they make it so big that it can't sustain itself or, you know, they'll yeah. find a different hive. Like, mm-hmm. the bee is a by- – like, the, not the bee. The honey is the byproduct. Yeah. They're going to make it regardless. So it yeah. makes sense, you know, again, in that industry of, you know, we only have the milk industry because it's coming from pregnant cows or cows that have given birth. Like, that's how you get milk is the cows have to be pregnant or giving birth. Like, so that's how you get the most milk, right? Yeah. It's not – a natural process or i mean it is but it's being a forced natural process yeah it's like keeping a whoop a uh, human woman constantly pregnant in order it, to constantly lactate which is just sick so why would you do that to another animal right but when it comes to honey bees make it regardless they don't yeah. care it's part of their everyday life it's like oh i'm gonna go make honey and they make honey bread so that their bee queen can eat and make more babies like that's their literal livelihood yeah so you know if you don't want to eat it okay fine but the reason you don't want to eat it isn't correct i guess to say yeah yeah so Mm -hmm. i I always try and make that clarification because the agave industry is actually destroying the world Uh, and like the palm industry is destroying the world so like i understand that you're just don't like, this is the yeah. one thing you can kind of be like, okay, no, it's already a natural process. It happens anyways. You're yeah, just communicating with nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honey is guilt-free. I promise you, honey is guilt-free. Yeah, yeah. Um, gosh. You know, the people that have no guilt, though, and love messing with nature? I was reading the other day in the news. Okay. A woman, a 25-year-old woman, so old enough to know better. Oh. At Yellowstone. Got no. gored by a bison. And I'm going to tell you how close she came. She came within 10 feet. So that's three meters for those who are using the metric system. She was gored and to- tossed 10 feet into the air. Mm-hmm. Park regulations, and I'm quoting, require visitors to remain more than 25 yards, which is 23 meters, away from bison. Mm-hmm. Y'all, that's like the people that go into zoo enclosures like there's some kind of untouchable messiah and then these poor animals get put down yeah this lady or whoever does similar things in national state parks or what what have you mm-hmm. kind of deserved it yeah like jesus christ like how dumb can you be <laughs> y'all y'all want to talk about divine intervention but they get mad when divine intervention happens to you Yes, yes, the swift and righteous divine intervention. I I don't understand why people go up to animals like that. I really no. don't. I, For a selfie, probably. Wow. <laughs> no, you know. Oh, you know that like, people fully falling off of cliffs to their death and, you know, animal attacks and all this other stuff. Uh-huh. Because of dumb things like that. It's like, there are some people that are so out of touch with reality. I know. Because you see, you know, TV shows or what have you, 
Like, the exotic trade situation. Horrible, horrible. No. Do not support people who partake in that. Do not support organizations who partake in that. Petting zoos, circuses. None of it. Stop. It's... There's fully been so many incidents this year and just in past years of, let's say, dolphins being beached. And instead Mm. of, or sharks, whales, what have you, like the dolphin is manageable, more manageable than whale, right? To put back in the water. People trying to sit on the dolphin, take selfies with this dolphin, so much so that these animals end up dying. And if you're one of those people, I hope you go straight to hell. I really do. Mm -hmm. Not sorry about it. And I've seen, that's not too harsh to say. Yeah. I've seen those videos of people that hold that they're holding a shark to take pictures yeah. with it and they just pass it around and it's like it needs the water to live, you motherfuckers. Right? Like if you are at the beach and you see a shark out in the water and you want to take a picture of it. You can risk it in bit. That's fine. Take a picture while it's in its natural habitat. Yeah. Like if you get one of those underwater phones or covers and just like that's cool. That's a better or action safety shot. safety from the shore. That's right. probably ideal, yeah. Right. But I'm just saying, if you're going to be stupid, at least be stupid somewhat regarding nature. Like, yeah. Respecting nature. I guess not regarding, respecting nature. Mm-hmm. But, no. And then people are like, oh my god, that bison's dangerous. Well, no, fucking shit. It's a bison. It's a wild goddamn <laughs> animal. How stupid can you be? Uh, people... Very stupid, you know, for having a three-pound brain and (laughs) the most advanced or, I guess, developed, because advanced is really, especially in light of these incidents, probably (laughs) just giving people too much credit. But, you know, our brain has the capacity for executive functioning. The frontal lobe is the most developed Mm -hmm. of all species. But somehow, somehow, I don't know if it's people thinking they're special or I don't know what. But it's, it's it's awful. Like, let nature do its thing. It's the same thing with those white tigers. That's a mm-hmm. mutation. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, these tigers are have a lot of disabilities. Mm-hmm. More often than not, like, uh, cognitive disabilities, uh, physical deformities. Mm-hmm. And then, whether it's white tigers or the quote-unquote regular, like, more orange tigers, and there's different mm-hmm. species of those, when they're too big to handle... They are euthanized, mm-hmm. abandoned, which is horrible. Even zoos don't support zoos because oftentimes when animals are too old, they're also sold to wild game reserves where people with money can then hunt these animals. And because they're so used to people and they're in an enclosure where they get food and stuff like that, the instinct goes down and you know they just get killed. And if you pay enough money, you can kill elephants, you can kill giraffes and other endangered species. Mm. Awful. See, I know there are still, there are a lot of good zoos, though, that are working close with conservatory efforts. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of the times it's like the little sideshow zoos you don't want to support. But, you know, there are large zoos that... It like you can follow the money trails and they're going to conservation oh, efforts yeah. and they're they're working with endangered species, they're trying to up like repopulate different species. So like Yeah, yeah. You know, we've talked about it before during our self-care episode. Just do your research and know mm-hmm. what you're supporting. And I'm sure there yeah. are some people that are thinking, oh, I don't have the time for that. Okay, then 
okay, enjoy not helping the planet. Right. It takes five minutes. I don't see how that's too time-consuming for you. But maybe these are the same people that take pictures with bison. Yeah, t- within 10 feet. Yeah. Um, yeah, just let nature cycles do its thing. It's like when you try to exterminate one thing, how many times have we heard about species being brought in and then they become invasive species that totally mm. muck up an environment, you know, simply because people thought, oh, this is going to help. And then plot twist, no, it, the like Morgan Freeman voice, and then it did not. Yeah, and it's kind of like, see, this is why I really love the wolf story, um, where those, was it Yellowstone that brought back gray wolves? They introduced like four or five gray wolves back into the park, and within Wasn't a year- was it red wolves too? Like the first crop of like, I don't red remember wolf what pups c- was born recently? I'm not sure about recently, but this happened like a while ago, where they okay. just started reintroducing wolves into the national park, and mm-hmm. it completely changed- the flow of the park into a healthier flow because Excellent. you you need apex predators. Yeah. Like you need them because what happened was the park was being overeaten by the deer <sighs> and the elk and the bison because yeah. there was nothing that could kill them. You mm-hmm. know, there was no there were no wolves, there were no mountain lions because, you know, to make it safe, quote unquote, for guests. It's like yeah. if it's a nature reserve, fuck the guests. <laughs> right and, that, and that's gospel truth like i don't care i don't care that is if you're gonna be a nature reserve if you're going to be focused around healing the environment even in such a small portion yeah human life comes last i don't care i stand by that i i'll vote you for president for sure you got you got it no <laughs> i'm not doing that shit oh too bad <laughs> I, I would be, I'd be such a bad president, at least for like a majority of people, because I'm seen as too radical, but, um, <laughs> nothing wrong with being a little different. Nothing wrong at all. Yeah. But yeah. so anywho, it's really cool because once you reintroduce apex predators, the landscape changed and became healthier yeah. because uh-huh. now it wasn't being overeaten. There was more natural grass, more natural bushes, which then changed the course of the rivers. Like the rivers mm-hmm. changed because it was able to grow back and kind of shift where it needed to be. Yeah. Like it's so cool if you just let nature do its thing. It knows what to do. It does. It did it yeah. for billions of years before humans were here. And sometimes that's so sad. <sighs> yeah, like really people, y'all can't do nature better than nature can do nature. You can't. She's fierce. She's fierce and she's got it going on. And like, honestly, if humans were to disappear off the face of the earth tomorrow, nature would keep on going. Mm hmm. It doesn't that's, need us. She don't need us. That's the ego. That's the like human ego that says, yeah. I am needed to help. You're not in this. No. My guy, my <laughs> sis. You, we need nature and nature doesn't need us. Yeah, human hubris, like, it's this degree of self-importance mm-hmm. and being the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But onto positive, well, not so positive things. You know what I don't like about nature? <laughs> what? When it's scary and it creeps up on you. For instance, ticks. Ooh, Can yeah. I tell you a tale about a tick? Tell me a tick tale. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> 
That's excellent alliteration. I love that. Um, So when I was a child, I had, it was very innocuous. Like it was this little white dot. You could have confused it for like a whitehead, but in my leg, right? Yeah. And one day I asked my dad like, hey, can you look at this? Mm -hmm. I don't know how old I was. Probably single digits still, like close to like, being 10 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so my dad pressed down on this, kind of like you're going to pop a, like a monster juicy zit. Yep. So a tick head came out. Uh. And when I tell you, my dearest darling D, it had been there for a while. I don't, mm-mm. I, I do, I'm gonna tell you, I'll do bad with icky stories. Yeah. I do bad. And I'll leave it at that, but it okay. came out. I don't know how long it had been there, but enough to accumulate, like, blood plasma and other things like that around it. And at the time, I had a pretty sizable hole in in my leg. Yeah. You know, and it has kind of, quote-unquote, filled in over time as I've grown older. But it's there. Mm -hmm. It's there to stay. And every day it's a reminder, stay away from ticks because they suck ass. Like, when I adopted... One of my babies, uh, it was a little country cat, mm-hmm. and there was a tick fully the size of a watermelon seed, like the black watermelon seed. Oh, no. And fortunately, it was the day previous that they had gotten their first, um, what's that thing you drop on the neck, you know? One of those oh, yeah, treatments. Yeah. yeah. Like, not a deworming, but for those yeah, of you with tick, pets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this thing was dead, but, like, the careful extraction of it so I wouldn't leave the head. Because, you know, these things come in different shapes and sizes. Mm, mm-hmm. And they are the devil. Yeah, you got to be really careful with ticks. I, I will say, though, I, I've read up that the best way to get rid of a tick, like, if you find one on your body and it's already dug in. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because my, my dad swore by burning them off. Yeah, yeah. But in all honesty, the best way to get a tick off is to just pull the body off, even if the head comes off, because where the disease lives is inside the body. Oh. So uh-huh. if you burn it, it mm-hmm. could expel into your blood screen stream before it comes off. Gross. So the head itself, you know, you don't want to keep it in you, obviously, as you've said. <laughs> yeah, don't do what I did. <laughs> but... It's not what's going to kill you if it does come off. What's going to kill you is the rest of the body. Oh man! Like Fun I, facts. I've seen, I've seen people that extract ticks, like animal rescue teams, or you know, for people mm-hmm. to directly put it in like uh, rubbing alcohol or something. Okay. So I think that just you know kills it because who can really survive in that? Yeah. But man, gross! They can't have my blood. I won't let them. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> Because I don't even know when that happened when I was a kid. But going forward, ticks, any any ticks that listen, <laughs> my declaration to you, you can't have my blood. My biggest issue <laughs> with nature are chiggers. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for those of you who might not have ever heard of this, probably outside of the U.S., you've never heard of this word. Uh, a chigger, C-H-I-G-G-E-R, I'm not being racist, is... Yeah. A very little red bug that Mm -hmm. it gets, it acts similarly to a tick. Uh Uh-huh. The difference, though, is that it will bury its entire body under your skin. No, (laughs) ma'am. So what I thought were chigger bites, 
it, they're little tiny red dots all over your body or wherever it gets touched by where the little bugs lived. Um, a lot of the yeah. times it's in the wild grass or um, like bushes. They really love bushes and forests. That's where they thrive. Mm-hmm. And so you'll get a rash from them. It's not a rash. It's the chiggers inside your skin. That's what the little red bumps are. I didn't know that until I got older. Uh-huh. And it's awful. It They bury in and it itches to high heaven. It is the worst feeling of your life. And so if you ever visit America or if you live in America and you don't live next to woods and you go visit woods, where I've experienced, experienced them the most um, is in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> Which just adds to misery. its name, <laughs> adds to its name of misery. But um, you can buy, you know, over the counter at Walmart, at maybe Target. I've never really seen it at a Target, but definitely at Walmart. It's little tubes called Chig X, <laughs> and it's it, the 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 bottle has not changed since I was a kid. It's a white bottle with a red lid, Chig X in big red letters, and you slather uh-huh. that on, and it kills it. It kills it off. It it kills off the t- the the chiggers, and it's it gets better. But it's Dude, a nightmare. <laughs> can I ask you? Obviously, does it then? How does it get extracted from the body? Then I'm fairly certain that they just they die off. Okay, I don't know because I mean you itch clearly at it, and so it, it opens up right. those you know, where they are. And so I am assuming that then they die off from the chick X and then just fall off. Like when like you like wash they're and under scrape. the skin. Well, cause like when you wash and scrape, cause it irritates your skin, right? It, your skin yeah. gets all bumpy. And so when you're scru- scrubbing at it, it opens up where they are. And I'm assuming then it, it wipes them off or scrubs them off your skin. Uh-huh. So they don't travel. Like once they're kind of localized, they hang out there. Yeah. It's not like the beetles from The Mummy. They dig in and they stay there. And just so viewers are clear, those are scarab beetles, like young beetles. <laughs> they do not eat your skin. That's purpose. That's just purely for movie purposes. Yeah. These things roll balls of poop, okay? They're oh, not yeah. going to do what they did to Emotep and all those other people in The Mummy. <laughs> I feel like that should be put out there because now people are like, I ain't going to Egypt. No, thank you. Yeah, listen, if, if you're, <laughs> again, if you're dumb enough to get within 10 feet of a bison, please understand that movies are movies. Yeah. 99% of the time, it's not true. Unless it's a documentary film in which, you know, you have qualified, educated professionals in a given field, mm-hmm. then perhaps, you know, just to be safe... <laughs> because those things run fast listen i i feel like you know we've talked about before how people need to have a family psychology or intro to psychology class like everyone should take one yeah everyone i feel should like at least watch two hours of animal planet a day or a documentary a day for a solid year you know, mm-hmm. to kind of get the understanding of how nature works and how yeah. it doesn't fucking need us and, like, to and being gain okay some with common that. sense. Yeah, and being okay with that. Yeah. I <laughs> I agree. If that is enacted into public law at the federal level, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I just... I also don't understand people who don't like nature. 
I can I, I get it if you've grown up in the city the whole time and you and you've never been outside in a big field area and you just don't know yeah. it. But I don't understand people who don't like nature at its core. Like you don't even like looking at it. You don't like anything. <laughs> yeah, it's like the folks that do the glamping thing, you know, because it's too hot, too humid. You get mm-hmm. sweaty, you get dirty. They don't like that. The like compostable toilets, absolutely out of the question. Not showering every day, out of the question. I I went. This was my first time semi glamping. It was still camping, but they ordered pizza, which was interesting. Okay, for delivery. So that therefore, I'll call it glamping. <laughs> and they bought an air freshener, and they were like, "It smells like wilderness." But and what's the problem? I. The best sleep I've ever had was always when I was camping or backpacking. Okay. Because it's just the freshness of the air can't compete. My, the only reason I probably wouldn't be able to sleep outside is because of my extreme fear of spiders. Mm. If I woke up, if I woke up with a spider in or near me, I Uh would go home and I would never camp again. I am... I have severe arachnophobia. I am aware uh-huh. of this, and it is a problem. You know, I've tried to get better at managing it as I'm older. Yeah. But where I live, we have wolf spiders. Oh. And I uh-huh. know, I know they're not harmful to humans. I know they're not aggressive. They're actually really chill, cool guys. Yeah. They are the scariest looking motherfuckers. <laughs> If you if you are afraid of spiders, do not, I repeat, do not look up what a wolf spider looks like. You will cry. I find them rolled up dead in my garage daily. <laughs> and I hate it here. I hate it. This house is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I know a, a lady that a wolf spider fell on her head while she was in a bathtub. <laughs> So, you know, it's a little hard to get out quickly and safely. <laughs> I'd break my neck. I don't care, man. I'd be yeah, both screaming, <laughs> screaming, limbs flailing, getting the fuck out of that bathroom, crying. Yeah. And, and like, I can understand that the juicier and or the hairier the spider and or the larger the spider it's very irksome to many people and just how they skitter and move and things like that. But spiders are so good for the just the ecosystem and the environment. You know, they take care of a lot of those smaller, grosser things that you don't want to deal with. I and know. I know I see these pained expressions <laughs> of anguish. Um, and I get it. I, I really do. Uh, you know, being backpacking and stuff. I've run into all sorts of spiders, all shapes and sizes, but it'll just, yeah, spider karma. Spider karma is a real thing. If you can catch and release, do it. But also, um, I realize that spiders will continue building their web in the same space. I, I get it. I get it. I try. Like my husband, he does the catch and release. I, yeah, I can't. Yeah. I can't even move most times if I see a spider. I just get frozen with fear. But uh-huh. the way I can go to sleep at night, like sleep with myself for killing as many as I have in my life, is if <laughs> if the roles were reversed and I ended up in a spider's house, it would eat me. So, like, at least I'm not eating them. I'm giving them a merciful kill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
That's I how think I it, see it. If it's a one and done squish kind of death, I get that. Oh, anytime, yeah. you're, anytime people are prolonging the death of something, that's horrid and you should stop. Mm, yes, yes. But I mean, I think it's movies like Eight Legged Freaks, uh, Harry Potter. Oh, that I think gave maybe me even as a kid. What was it? Lord of the Rings or where I think there was also giant spiders involved. I don't know. Um, giant arachnids, but I don't know. They're pretty cool. Like to me, the webs that they build, like uh, shapes in nature. Yeah. You know, lots of neat shapes and many a design is modeled off of that. Like look at things like hurricanes or the center of sunflowers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that kind of geometry is absolutely amazing how it's very consistent across nature, even how things grow. Yeah. And amidst all that chaos. Um, but back to the original thought. I don't know, but I, I think those movies gave spiders a bad rap as like, you know, just like the Beatles and the mummy. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. It's just, and they're they're not cute. They're really not. I'm they're so-, so cute. They're, they're, think about it. They're like a perfect shape. You're making me itchy. I don't want to think about it. I Okay, okay. Uh, like my body I, I'm is biased. trying. I'm biased, I confess. <laughs> my body is trying to leave itself. I don't... <laughs> Your body is convulsing. <laughs> I don't like spiders. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... I think overall, nature just needs to be left alone. We yeah. cannot... The only thing we can fix at this point is our own mistakes. You know, nature doesn't need our help running itself any better than it already does. Mm-hmm. It just needs us to to pick up and to and to stop all of the shit that we're doing. You know, yeah, she can only do so much. She can't take all the plastic out of the ocean. She can't take right. the oil spills out of out of her her soil. Mm-hmm. You know, she can't stop gas emissions or sludge dumping from factories. She can't stop that. She can just yeah. adapt to the shit that we put her through. And so that's the one thing that we can do is the one thing humans can't do very well is take responsibility for our own actions and fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it starts with very little things. I know some people say, well, I'm just one person. What can I really do? And the answer is you can really do a lot. Mm-hmm. If you recycle appropriately, if you have space or a means of composting, absolutely do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have those inside, outside, no matter what kind of place you live in, be it apartment or an actual house, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there are, I had two in my brain and I've lost one, but there's at least one step that you can do right now to make the world better. Mm-hmm. And it's called decolonizing your front yard or backyard. Mm-hmm. Stop with the fucking grass. Stop with yep. making this perfectly manicured yard. You're actually hurting the environment. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. HOAs need to get on this shit. Start introducing wildflowers back into your yard. Start introducing mm-hmm. um, vegetable gardens back into your yard. You know, Biodiversity. Start- <laughs> yes. The only way that we're going to start bringing animals back, you know, all those cute bunnies and squirrels and birds the only way and butterflies and bees the only way you're gonna get anything back is to quit making everything look perfect yeah because water one Mm -hmm. and two pesticides yeah jesus fuck like the runoff (laughs) into the ground which leaks into everything else and also that kills a lot of animals 
yeah. and insects. And it hurts people too. Y'all may not realize it. It may say like non-toxic or whatever, but it, it never fully is. Yeah, no. So just, I feel like if we leave parting advice for you is there are things you could be doing and it's not just walking places. You can start planting wildflowers. You can start by making sure that you know, your stuff is cruelty-free. You can start by mm-hmm. supporting your local farmers, you know, farmers yep. markets, that kind of stuff. It can be a little more expensive, but sometimes when you get into the community, it's not so much about money. It's about trading. You know, some people will grow the potatoes, some mm-hmm. people grow the peppers, and they trade at the end of the month. Like, or yeah. not the uh, at the end of the month, but when they harvest, I meant, <laughs> yeah. y- y'all know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But that's how you can start. That's how we can start. So yeah. Do you have any final thoughts, Miss S? No, I feel like I got angry enough. Also, <laughs> if you just want not a formal like documentary or anything like that, but still important, if you've ever seen Princess Mononoke mm-hmm. from Studio Ghibli. Ghibli? Ghibli? A Ghibli. Ghibli, okay. It's like the GIF GIF thing, but I, I'm pretty sure it's GIF, even though it's spelled GIF. Um, and that's from the creator that recently passed away, but it, it brings an interesting kind of perspective about industrialization and then Mm. nature and when they meet Mm -hmm. and also about people trying to control nature. And Mm -hmm. I cried. I had so many feelings. Go and watch it. It's a very good movie. If you didn't catch what she said, it's, it's Princess Mononoke by Studio Ghibli. It's a anime movie but it's amazing and it's beautiful and it will Mm -hmm. absolutely touch your soul yes well if that's your final thought i've gotten my final thoughts so thank you (laughs) (laughs) thank you everyone for listening if you've enjoyed it thus far leave a like a rating subscribe bookmark uh shout us out to the universe send us to friends send us to your mother i don't give a shit Tell people that we're awesome and worth listening to. We greatly appreciate all that you do for us. And until next week, stay alive, friends.